0: Okay, welcome everyone to another episode of End Credits here on CFRU, 93.3 FM, CFRU.ca, 12th Campus and Community Radio. I am your host, Adam A. Donaldson, and joining me today is...
1: I'm Candace Lepage.
0: Candace is here yeah. to help uh, help us take another step closer to Christmas with a Christmas movie um, that is thankfully not from the Hallmark Channel, Uvra. Um, because that's not my jam. That's exclusively her jam. So, uh, yeah. <laughs>
1: hmm. Hmm. I might have thoughts about that a little later in the episode.
0: Hmm. And uh, that's called uh, foreshadowing. Or sure uh, is. <laughs> for all our English lit listeners,
1: it was the ghost of Christmas future come to tell you what I'm gonna say.
0: Yes, and uh, interestingly, we will also be contending with uh, the ghosts of. Uh, Well, the past year, and uh, I guess that'll also cover the present. So uh, it's going to be one of those shows. End Credits is a local movie show for local movie fans. We're here every Wednesday at 3 p.m. to talk the latest in pop culture and review the newest movies, which this week will be the new Christmas buddy musical comedy, uh, which is called Spirited. And you can see that now on apple tv plus we don't normally dive into apple tv plus too often but we are today and uh that's going to be in the back half of the show for the first half we're going to talk about well since we're approaching the end of the year uh it's that time of uh the season where we make lists of everything that happened this year and uh talk about uh you know moving on i guess and looking to a new year but uh we thought it would be kind of interesting borderline depressing um i mean for for mm-hmm. all of our all of our student listeners that is exam time so maybe that uh, comes with the territory but uh you know we're gonna we don't normally talk about you know unfortunately when people pass away in the year um people in the movies uh, or have had a big role in movies or tv or popular culture period we don't Take a lot of time to tip the hat to them, um, but we're going to do that at the start of this week's show. Um, we're going to talk about some of the people who have uh, left us this year. And, um, you know, uh, we're going to raise a, a proverbial glass to them before we usher in uh, 2023, where we will surely lose more famous people um, that we will have some regret about. So, there's a nice shot of cold water right now at <laughs> Wednesday at three o'clock. Happy, happy hump day, everyone. All right. Um. Oh, I, I feel so, I feel so trepidatious getting into our.
1: It's okay. Uh, I think we're going to, we're going <clears> to <throat> celebrate some people who should be celebrated maybe when they were alive. And unfortunately, we just don't do a good job of that. So we'll celebrate them now instead.
0: Yes, with our radio necropsy of the year 2022. So, Candace, why don't you kick things off, in so much as you can kick one of these off, <laughs> uh, with uh, someone who passed away this year who you are going to miss and want to herald.
1: Sure. Um, you know, this is, I mean, as you were mentioning, this is always sort of a, a weird thing to sort of look at and to think about, because especially now, um, you know, Hollywood kind of, uh, only came of age really in the 40s and 50s and so um, and then has grown since then and so of course now as every year goes by there's going to be larger and larger numbers of people passing away because mm. that's how um, uh, boomers work that's how, <laughs> <laughs> that's how the uh, <laughs> the greatest generation and then <laughs> and then the boomers sort of go um, but yeah I mean it was it was uh looking at the list this year there was a lot of really yeah there was some really some some people there that was like oh i think you know these are people i think that we could have talked about a little bit more when they were around mm-hmm. um and so i have like a long list uh <laughs> which i had to then turn down into a short list and so my my short list is um maybe a little weird for some people it'll be it'll be interesting to see <laughs> see how this goes. So um the first person I I note who passed away this year actually gives me an opportunity to talk about someone who passed away last year in mm-hmm. the month of December, which is sometimes when people are um forgotten that they do <laughs> you know,
2: <laughs> yeah, because
1: they they all these lists tend to come out the end of November, the beginning of December. and then when people pass away in the sort of final weeks of December. It, sometimes they they don't end up making a list because the lists already came out.
0: They miss and, the cutoff.
1: Exactly, exactly. And so this year, we we lost uh, Bob Raffleson, who was a um, writer, director, producer, and uh, was the uh, co-creator of The Monkees. Mm-hmm. Uh, so people who know me know that I say The Monkees is my favorite band, and then I insist that, yes, they really were a band, Um, they also happened to be actors playing a band on TV, but they also were all mostly musicians in their own right. And so last year in December, Mike Nesmith passed away. Um, And Mike Nesmith was sort of the, uh, he was kind of the, the reason that the actors who played the band, the monkeys were able to also become a band Mm -hmm. played, you know, the monkeys, because when he was hired, he was already sort of an established musician, um, as well as Peter Tork. And when he was hired, he negotiated with um, Don Kirshner and Bob Raffleson to be able to write and record some of his own songs. He said, "You know what? Like I, I do songwriting too. Like maybe when I'm working with." when we're working with the songwriters who are going to write the songs, maybe we can write some of some of mine. We can do some of mine. And they said yes. And um, despite the fact that I, the Monkeys are my favorite band, I will say that it was a bad idea on their side. They should not have said yes, because essentially it led to them, you know, in a way losing control of the whole thing.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: Don Kirshner, of course, not uh, uh, didn't deal very well with it, but Bob Raffleson stayed on with them. Pretty much for the rest of their sort of uh, television career and movie career, because he was also the writer and um, worked with them on the movie Head, Mm -hmm. uh, which again, then brings in Jack Nicholson, Mm because Jack Nicholson was also a writer on Head. And then we get to Five Easy Pieces. So, hi, the monkeys created Jack (laughs) Nicholson. That's what I'm going (laughs) to (laughs) say.
0: More than Roger Corman.
1: Uh, well, that's fair. Roger Corman did a pretty good job <laughs> of creating Jack Nicholson, too. But yeah, like, you know, it's one of these things, like, I think probably a lot of people don't know the name Bob Raffleson. They have no idea who he is. This happens often with producers and people who work in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, to me, he was he he is a person who had a significant impact on my life. And then, of course, Mike Nesmith, as I say, who passed away last year, Um you know, I often go on and on. People don't like arguing with me in bars about the beginning of the southern rock sort of genre because I tell them that the monkeys started it because Michael Nesmith was writing songs that were country songs that were, that were pop songs and doing that sort of that southern rock sound so well in 1966, but nobody was paying attention because it's the Monkees and they were a prefab band and they didn't even write or record their own songs. And I'm like, mm, except for the ones that Michael Nesmith wrote. Oh, and the ones that Peter Tork wrote. Yeah, they, they did those ones. And then people will say that Southern Rock you know, started with Graham Parsons in 1969. And I will just tell them over and over again that they're wrong. And it started with Michael Nesmith in 19- 1966.
0: Well, I don't know. I think uh you've just sort of thrown down the gauntlet to everyone who listens and wants to pick a fight with you in a bar. So uh
1: I have I have I have gone on and on about this in many a bar.
0: Yes, it does sound very well rehearsed. Um All right, I'm gonna throw uh throw mine out there, my first pick. And uh interestingly, he died the day after Bob Raffleson um not that there's any connection other than that because uh i've drawn david warner uh actor uh as as someone who i want to uh especially remember who passed away in 2022 basically if you've watched anything sci-fi or fantasy in the last 40 years you've probably seen david warner in it um he helped gregory peck get to the bottom of whether or not his son was the antichrist in the omen um he played jack the ripper um in in time after time uh he his 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 name his character's name was literally evil in time bandits um he was uh dillinger in in tron uh he's appeared in numerous uh star trek roles uh, he was Sidney prescott's theater professor in scream 2 i had forgotten about that um he was uh he was uh, the 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 enforcer for uh for uh the billy zane character in titanic um dies like a punk has a i think he has a if i remember what happens in titanic correctly as one of the steam chimneys fall on him during the sinking um here's how here's how great david warner is um he was cast as jor-el in lois and clark so he was literally superman's father uh he was also raz al ghoul in batman the animated series so i mean he has that really distinctive voice and i think if anyone contributed to like the mainstreaming of raz al ghoul as like a top tier batman villain it was probably david warner voicing him in um in uh batman the animated series and and all its ancillary things i think for a certain level of fandom though he will probably remain best known uh for playing uh Gaul madrid in the two-part star trek the next generation episode chain of command this is famously the 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 passion of picard where he is tortured by uh cardassian's uh one cardassian particular is Skull madrid character who's just like uh, so evil and oily but also really fascinatingly played by david warner this is of course if you're you're probably if you haven't seen next generation you're probably aware of the there are four lights meme that's where this is from um but of course it's just uh it's 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 the episode especially part two it's this two-hander with um with uh, Patrick Stewart and David Warner going at it. So it's one of those episodes of TNG where you get two really great actors on a set, just, you know, acting their butts off and uh, this kind of horrible, terrifying, but uh, oddly trying episode for Picard. And he gets uh, it's David Warner who who puts the screws to him almost literally. Um, so it's, uh, you know, it, incredible career just just on purely on the on the uh the, the the like the fan spectrum on the genre spectrum uh david warner is kind of unmatched he's one of those guys who could pop up in anything um even if you don't necessarily know his name you know the the face you know the voice and of course um <laughs> i looked this up because i could have sworn he was an a james bond movie at some point because he's british Mm -hmm. and if you're british you have to be in a james bond movie at least i thought but uh, it's james bond or doctor who it's one or the other but um he did not play he was not never in a james bond movie which i thought was really weird and really a big oversight but he was in a tv movie about ian fleming so there's (laughs) one and it counts. it counts. And he was never in Doctor Who, but he did, however, provide the voice of the doctor in many sort of audio plays, which is a thing in England. You know, people may not be aware that they still produce like old timey radio shows on the BBC in England. So you get like these radio plays about the, the uh, doctor and Doctor Who and, and David Warner did um, play the doctor in at least a couple of those radio plays. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: what a life. Um...
1: I will also say that he is the uh, main villain in one of my favorite guilty pleasure horror movies, wax mm. work.
0: Yes, there's that too. I just, yeah. uh, you can't name them all. Actually, I'm going to throw out another one. Um, and, and I was thinking about the men in black cartoon, because it was on TV, not the cartoon, but the original men in black movie was on TV. And there was of course an animated spinoff of men in black. And he did a character. Uh, named Alpha, who was like an evil man in black. He used to be a man in black, and then he becomes a bad guy. Um, he was the guy who who trained Agent K, at least in the animated series. So it's it's uh he's just he's just su- such a great voice, um, and he always made like something like Men in Black. The series that it seems like so silly, and we're, we're capitalizing on something that made a lot of money. But then you get david warner you get the right actor in the right role and it becomes uh something else entirely all right um let's get to your number two then
1: um so i think i'm going to change my number two because i was originally going to talk i'll maybe bring it up as a as a quick um you know throwaway at the end but Mm -hmm. um so (laughs) number two i'm going to say um fred ward oh uh, yes passed away this year and so a lot of people know fred ward from a lot of things <laughs> yeah. and i would say primarily i know him um i would say you know most often when i'm talking to people i'm like oh well you know he was in tremors that's kind of the the thing that most people many people have seen and and most people know him from mm. um not only that i've been thinking about him in that movie a lot because um i watch a lot of youtube videos these series of people who are watching movies for the first time and they're doing reactions (laughs) all these all these like young i don't know if they're like young millennials or elder gen Zs or (laughs) i don't know what we call them but people who are in their 20s who -hmm. are like oh there's like a whole world of movies here and so for whatever reason i don't know if they watch each other um and so you know because they're trying to fight algorithms but a lot of them tend to do the same movies you know in and around the same time frame so there's been a number of them that have like watched tremors for the first time and so of course i watch them watching tremors
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and it's fun to see their reaction um and in tremors of course fred ward i think is probably at you know one of his peaks where you sort of see the 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 comedy and the action and the kind of like gristly uh you know, not so much old man, but you know the the like the gruff like hmm, her. Yeah, he's but, got old
0: man energy, even yeah, when he's a young man. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and I will say that old man energy he brought, especially to the very first thing I ever saw him in, and then he will never be anything other than <laughs> for me, Remo Williams. Mm-hmm. So he was in the he he played Remo Williams. I can barely even remember. It's been so many years since I've seen the film, I couldn't even tell you what happened, except that he, Remo Williams, he's like a PI or something like that, um, some sort of, you know, highly trained person who's supposed to do good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I I saw that. When, t- when did that film come out? Let me see. What year is this? Uh, 1985. <laughs> um, and so, I don't know. I watched that so much. And he had all these like sort of special skills because he was so adept at what he was doing. And all of my life still, whenever there's fresh snow on the ground, I just think Remo Williams could walk across this without putting a single footprint in it. Let me see if I can do that, Uh, which is ridiculous. I mean, I was, (laughs) it just goes to show these things that you Sort of see and latch onto as a child, they just never really go away. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Fred Ward, despite you know doing so many more things, so mm-hmm. many more like hundreds of of roles, um, he's just like he's just Remo Williams to me. And I just don't know if that's ever going to go away. And uh, I just think that I'm going to continuously think of him when I see fresh snow or or a whole beach of of sand and think about how he could just walk across it without (laughs) without leaving a single footprint
0: it's so crazy that you know remo williams the adventure begins is the full title of that movie and it didn't like it sadly it didn't begin it was also the end
1: yeah Um, it was it it was the whole adventure
0: (laughs) but i mean it's one of those things where it, it wasn't like a it wasn't like an idle brag because guy hamilton directed that and he did like four or five james bonds including goldfinger so it could have been a thing it maybe yeah. it, maybe it should have been a thing maybe um, it, i mean
1: the cast is great too right from that film um joel gray mm-hmm. broadway's joel gray
0: broadway's joel gray that's right
1: kate mulgrew of course we all know
0: kate mulgrew Star. wilford Star- brimley <laughs> <laughs> wilford brimley yeah and the climax at, on the Statue of Liberty, which I don't know if, I don't think they, I don't think Remo Williams started that, but um, it's, it's- We'll say it did. We'll say it, sure. We'll say it did.
1: You know what? Um, it looks like it's streaming on Tubi, so that might be my, uh, my nice. afternoon.
0: Nice. Lots of good stuff on Tubi. I can never say that enough. Um, okay. My number two is a Canadian who passed away this year. It's Kenneth Welsh. Um, who actually got to meet once Uh, he shot the short film wet bum in guelph uh, about 10 years ago and he was staying at the hotel i was working at so uh very nice man um very genuine kind of uh he was well into the old man eccentric phase of his life um (laughs) but uh you know he was very nice um but yeah this is like 239 credits on imdb and he still has four to go there there are like four things in post-production so this was this was a man who was still working um and working hard um people probably know him best from essentially playing dick cheney in the day after tomorrow um (laughs) where dick cheney's famously proven wrong about global warning global warming um but uh i mean more than that uh he played a lot of like real life politicians. He was uh, Thomas Dewey in a in a TV movie about FDR. He played Truman twice. Uh, he played Thomas Edison. Uh, he also you know played famous Canadians. He played uh, General Crerar, who was involved with the Dieppe raid and the famous uh, CBC movie about, uh, about Dieppe. Um, pretty much any American show that shot in Canada or any Canadian show, um, he he appeared in at some point, including like the last thing he was in before he passed away, or the last thing that aired before he passed away was the Kids in the Hall revival on Amazon. So, yeah, just, you know, this is like one of your classic, like just journeyman worker actors who uh, shows up, does his job goes on to the next thing maybe you recognize him and go hey it's that guy from that other thing i saw um but hey like over 240 imdb credits by the end uh you know this uh this is a this is what you call legacy kids and uh people will be saying hey it's that guy for for years to come so and and that guy's name Mm. is kenneth welsh so remember the name yeah
1: (laughs) i'm i'm just scrolling through his um his imdb right now and seeing certainly things that i have seen him in uh and i just paused here on smallville where he plays drunk santa yeah um which i'll have to (laughs) i'll have to look that one up but yeah i mean especially i'm sure this happens in other places but i think because we are canadian we see these canadian actors who Mm. just show up in all of the you know, all of the sci-fi shows that are filmed in, in you know, Vancouver mm-hmm. show up at just, you know, then also in all of the CBC shows, like I see Do South here, all these sorts mm-hmm. of things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the whole industry can't work without these people.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, you can't just have the stars, uh, you know, because... Mm-hmm. You need people to, to fill all those other roles and to show up and to be able to just do it well. I mean, they're basically the studio musicians of the film and television series, su- yeah, you know? That's
0: right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, not everyone can be, you know, Michael J. Fox and uh, <laughs> Justin Bieber. Uh, he's not an actor. Anyway, uh, let's, let's yeah. move on to your number three. Yeah.
1: So my number three, uh, also a Canadian, and mm. I was surprised to read this um, when I was going through trying to look through lists of people who had passed away, I did not realize um, Jeff Burnaby, the director of w- one of the best horror films I've seen in the last, you know, I don't know, lifetime, Blood Quantum, um, mm-hmm. passed away this year. And I was really surprised to see that. I did not hear it at all. Um, and I don't understand why, because... I like kind of live and breathe in the horror community, and I spent a lot of time in the uh, Canadian Indigenous arts community. And I don't know why this went so under the radar. Uh, it kind of, kind of really upsets me that that people mm-hmm. didn't talk about this more. Mm-hmm. Um, so he came out with Blood Quantum a few years ago, and uh, I think it's just the third film that he had had directed, and it was just so good. And, you know, he's only 46 when he passed away uh, from cancer, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, Mm -hmm. the thing that takes so many young people away from us. But it's just, it's such, it's just an absolute loss. Like, there was so much more he he could do and offer and give. And, you know, not only that, just from the artistic point and the, you know, telling stories that we don't see as much in in film and television but also then you know being there so that other people other indigenous canadians or indigenous you know americans can see that there is actually you know there's mm-hmm. there's a job for you there are people who want to hear your stories or ways to get it out there and it doesn't always have to be you know a trauma story not that blood i mean blood quantum was a trauma story but it was Mm -hmm. told Mm -hmm. as a horror film so you know people who wanted to see just a straight up zombie horror film could still go see it and people who wanted to to you know see everything else could still see it um Mm -hmm. yeah i was just i was very shocked to see this um and so i've been sort of yeah looking for some of the the uh some of the press about it because you know, there's just doesn't seem to be very much. Um, yeah. And it happened. I mean, it happened in October, October 13th is when he passed away. And uh, I mean, I don't know, maybe I should have even <laughs> been more aware of it because I was right in the middle of my, you know, hundred horror movies, um, you know, span of time. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's just, uh, it's a real, it's just a real loss to yeah. so many communities um yeah. yeah
0: yeah i remember i remember seeing it on the news um and it just kind of like kind of came and went i think it was like the thanksgiving day weekend that he passed away mm, So yeah like, that makes sense yeah so there was a lot going on um in, in terms of like people who made uh, an impact um i i i had this one in reserve in case you mentioned it but yeah uh, you didn't mention it so i will uh, Nichelle Nichols passed away this year. Um, the mm-hmm. original uh, Lieutenant Uhura on uh, the original Star Trek, and of course, you know, she had a, a really great, varied acting career, um, TV and 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 movies. Uh, I mean, she's. I mean, she was still giving doing like Uhura's voice, like on Star Trek Prodigy, on an episode that came out this year. Um, well, I don't think she did. I think they used her voice. Uh, I think it was archival audio. Um, because she was um, she wasn't too healthy mm. at the end, unfortunately. But I mean, you know, there's still th- this is the the incredible um, influence that she's had. Of course, there's the famous story about how um, she encountered Martin Luther King Jr. and and confided in him that she was thinking about stepping away from Star Trek, and he talked her out of it because of the importance of having a black woman sit on the bridge of the Enterprise and and what a message that sent. To the um, to the community um, to Black people everywhere, but I mean, she also backed that up with a lot of hard work um, behind the scenes. Uh, She was essentially a a goodwill ambassador for NASA in that they used her uh, oddly appropriately enough, oddly enough, to uh, bring women and women of color and more people of color into the space program. Um, she was there when they, they christened the prototype uh, space shuttle, the enterprise. Um, she also uh, was involved with uh, actual NASA stuff. Um, she took part in an eight hour high altitude mission, which was to study the atmospheres of Mars and Saturn. They sent up a plane. Uh, t- so I guess they can get as <laughs> as close as they can get without,
2: <laughs> um,
0: you know, actually leaving uh, the atmosphere, I don't know how science works, but it, I mean, that's, that sounds crazy that they, they took Michelle Nichols up um, for a, a, an actual scientific mission. Of course, like there are a ton of um, people, uh, including Mae Jameson, who became astronauts. And when people ask them, like, well, what inspired you? They go, well, you know, there's this character on the show um, who showed me that, a, you know, a black woman has a place in space and so i mean that's an incredible legacy um aside from just being a great person great actress um and you know she uh she was invested in the the ride and um was you know was until recently when she was gotten gotten sick was doing fan conventions and stuff and uh it's really sad it, it's also really sad mm-hmm. that you know uh, now half of the original cast is has passed away um the only three that are left are are Takei, uh Caning, and Shatner. Who um, I'll take bets. I think Shatner will be the last to go. He will mm-hmm. hang on with a death grip, um, doing the unexplained on History Channel um, until, mm-hmm. <laughs> until 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 <laughs> death literally comes in with the shepherd's crook and, and yanks him off uh, yeah. to the afterlife. But yeah, it's uh, it, that would, that felt particularly sad and poignant to. Mm-hmm. to for Nichelle Nichols to to pass away this year, so
1: yeah, and I will say the reason I I didn't bring her up is because I I have spoken about her passing on uh, an episode of um the the Star Trek podcast that I occasionally guest on uh mm. 78 episodes thirty good ones mm-hmm. um, we did a, a roundtable uh, about just sort of one episode and it was right after uh, she had passed and and myself and uh, Stephanie who are also another co host. Um, yeah, spoke spoke at uh, great length just sort of about about her impact. Um, and because, of course, neither of us are Black women, we are women, we did sort of talk more on the, you know, on that side of it too, just, mm-hmm. you know, her role as a woman in this sort of, I mean, it was a bit of an all-boys club, that, yeah. that crew. And, you know, some people still talk about Gene Roddenberry, um, his his idea of equality for women was you know still couched in 1960s so
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> there's still a little exploitation so we talked about that and uh, and just about how uh you know I I really felt that she she managed to to make sure she was never exploited and treated like the woman on the crew right so.
2: yeah
0: that's that's important yeah
1: well um
0: I'm glad I'm glad we we got to highlight some of these uh, these great people. Um, the the three second appearance in the necropsy at the the necrology in the Oscars just isn't enough. And as as Candace said at the top, you know it's a, it's probably uh, going to be a long one uh, at the Oscars mm-hmm, this year. Mm-hmm. Anyway,
1: yeah. And just um uh, quickly yes. just to sort of bring up the uh, I'll say the 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 one person I I didn't chat about and it's actually um sort of two people that I thought are just really good examples of, um, how the industry does kind of use people and fans are not great sometimes. And, um, so Anne Hesch passed away this year and, Mm -hmm. uh, it was not, not a pretty, um, yeah, not a pretty incident the way that she went and, uh, you know, she sort of, she she ended up most of her career she was sort of the butt of the joke,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and and that took an impact. It made it, it you know it took a toll on her, and uh, I would say that her death is directly, you know, because of the way we, you know, as as a society and as an industry treated her. Mm-hmm. And similarly, uh, Sachin uh, Little Feather, who was mm-hmm. the uh, indigenous woman who accepted the Oscar on behalf of. Uh,
0: <sighs> bra Marlon brando Marlon
1: brando yeah yeah um which you know i i i think he was uh i think he did not do a very good job as an ally with that but that's a whole other story yeah he kind of let the same,
2: hang yeah, yeah the same
1: thing like she was just really chewed up and ridiculed and you know i'm so glad that this year before she passed away she did get to um to say more to talk more about you know Um, being cast out of the industry and not being allowed to um, to work and and all of that because it's it's important as much as we can celebrate um, you know all of these great voices and all of this good work uh, it is still an industry and it does still have Mm -hmm. some some rough edges
0: yeah that's all fair and and i'll i'll give an honorable mention too. boy we're running out of time but that's okay um (laughs) Jason David Frank from the Power Rangers who passed away mm-hmm. a couple of mm-hmm. of of weeks ago. Um I wasn't a big Power Rangers guy but uh you know he, he this is uh, this is someone who who also was kind of chewed up and spit out and he had his issues and um but he also had a lot of time for fans and uh gave, gave so much of that as you like going from con to con and doing the pictures and signing the autographs and um it's it's kind of been kind of nice to see um fans uh embrace him post posthumously as well all right we're going to take a quick break and then come right back with our review of spirited you are listening to end credits here on cfru 93.3 fm cfru.ca guelph campus and community radio
2: change This guy, maybe I'll. What? Maybe you're what? Oh, no, no. There's no need for a whole big number here. No, no. Spotlight. Gary, kill the. Spotlight. Every day I wake up with a single dream running through my head. Look, I have another meeting I'm actually late for. To throw a tiny stone into a mighty stream and watch the ripples as they spread. Redeeming an unredeemable is nearly impossible. But if you'll promise to stop singing you can have your pup. oh really great thank you that's that's quite reasonable thanks gary we're good you're right on the queue guys he said yes let's get to work
0: okay and that was a clip from spirited it's the new film from writer director sean anders and it stars ryan reynolds will ferrell octavia spencer sunita manny patrick page uh, Marlo Barkley and Tracy Morgan as the voice of Christmas yet to come which um I thought that was I thought that was kind of inspired. I was I I I I was aware that Tracy Morgan did the voice of the Ghost of Christmas Yet to Come and I thought oh that's going to be so stupid. But hey, Tracy Morgan, don't underestimate um even when
2: <laughs>
0: you've been Christmas carol bitch, it's uh it, I I thought for sure that was going to that was a dead end, but um, it worked for me. It worked for me. Anyway, I wish I could say the rest about uh, that, that. The rest of this film worked for me. It did not. Two hours and seven minutes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are 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 the producers aware that that book, A Christmas Carol, is like a hundred pages long? It's a hundred pages long, and this movie is two hours and seven minutes. That's my re- end of end of my review
1: yeah yeah um yes so i was maybe about i mean i thought the same thing when i pressed play and i was like what how long is this movie okay um and then i'd I'd say i was maybe 10 or 15 minutes in and i was just like oh my god i need to apologize to adam for choosing this film this is this was yeah i i um I, I couldn't watch it. And then I had to like She's speechless. turn it back on later. I had She's to, it was speechless. just speechless. Yeah. So, <laughs> yes. Um, so, yes, first, apologies for making you watch this film. Um, and then, second, um, I want this movie to not be a musical.
0: Yeah, me too. Like, I knew me that too.
1: there was, I, I knew that because there was a whole bunch of video and stuff. So, I knew that there was like a dance number and a music number. And I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of fun. Like, In the way it was with, you know, Kurt Russell's, like, rock and roll Santa. It's like, suddenly there's just, like, one dance scene, which is kind of fun. No, the whole film was a musical. And it was bad.
0: (laughs) I don't even think the whole film was a musical. It seemed like they forgot it was a musical for, like, 45 minutes.
1: That's fair. That's fair. I think that's why I want it to not be a musical, too. Because, like, the whole tone of this, I couldn't... I was just like, you guys can't figure out if you want to be... Will Ferrell Anchorman funny, mm-hmm. Ryan Reynolds Deadpool funny,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, a heart filled sort of story, you can't decide what you want to be. Mm-hmm. Plus, you've got these musical numbers that don't fit with any of the styles that you're trying all the other rest of the story with. Because mm-hmm. you know me, I like musicals. I've reviewed a lot of musicals this and Mm -hmm. you know most of those are also about two hours because for some reason i guess because they sing (laughs) their rather (laughs) than just you know saying something they got to sing a whole like Mm -hmm. verse a couple of verses about it um but yeah yeah i just every time they started i felt i felt like marley who was the (laughs) one character in this film that i was like Yes, I understand you. You're constantly... He's just like, every time the music would start, he'd be like, can we just... Can we not? How about we just don't?
0: And you know what's interesting about that is Marley's pl- Marley's played by Patrick Page, who's the one person in the no, cast who has like musical theater experience. The
1: only one who is actually a musical theater <laughs> actor. And, and I also really liked his song yeah. that he did when he showed up. And I was annoyed as all heck that Ryan Reynolds' character, Clint, kept interrupting it. I was like, oh my god, there's finally like an actually interesting song that's really good, and I really like hearing this. Why are you talking? With someone who I, can sing. I've never said this about <laughs> Ryan Reynolds, honestly. I, I know there are a lot of people who are like, ugh, Ryan Reynolds, he just plays himself, or whatever. I, I really like him a lot. Mm. And I was just like... Can you just not so we can listen to the song that <laughs> Jacob Marley is singing? That's actually really good. Mm-hmm. So that one song, and then there was another one. I don't remember what the name of the song was, but it was Will Ferrell's um, character as the Ghost of Christmas Present, mm-hmm. um, who was singing, and it was all um, in a like a a black empty space, and all of the dancers had like black outfits on, but had like flashlights. Mm-hmm. on the undersides of their wrists. And so that w- it looked really good. I was like, oh, this actually looks really interesting. The song wasn't very good, but it looked really interesting. And those mm-hmm. were the only two musical numbers that held any interest for me whatsoever. And again, I love musicals.
0: Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's so half-hearted. I, there are so many varying influences fighting for, control. I, I, I one of the things I'll say about Farrell and Reynolds is um I, I felt like they weren't the problem. Like they were actually putting on an effort, um which is refreshing in the case of Reynolds, um, especially because it does like, you know, watching it was about this time last year that Red Notice came out, where you have Ryan Reynolds playing Ryan Reynolds, Dwayne Johnson mm-hmm. playing Dwayne Johnson, and Galcadot playing vaguely enigmatic and it's you know so everyone's doing their shtick um but but it it felt like you know Farrell and reynolds were at least committed to a to the mission uh the mission was a disaster from the start though it was uh this is basically the bay of pigs of christmas musicals um it's flawed from the beginning the plan was stupid there are too many cooks in the kitchen um it wants to be bitter and cynical, but it also wants to be like redemptive and and cute. It's a buddy comedy, like from the in the Apetow vein, but it also wants to be like sort of this like postmodern musical um, with all the usual Broadway ingredients. It wants to be a Christmas Carol, but it also wants to be Scrooged. Mm-hmm. And like we have Scrooged, Scrooge is a thing. Yeah, I can, I can go and watch. But- yeah.
1: And I desperately wanted to. When I finished this film, I was like, "Can I just go watch Scrooge?" That's like. And, and I will say, so um, earlier you mentioned the Hallmark films. So yeah. um, two things about Hallmark: there is a bit of a, a joke right now in Hallmark movies because they've done they. I mean, the story of A Christmas Carol is is a classic, uh, mm-hmm. and it's classic for a reason, you know. But mm-hmm. like. Every, like, there are TV shows that do this. There's, you know, you either have the It's a Wonderful Life or the Christmas Carol sort of story, you Mm -hmm. know, when people are like, oh, let's tell this story again. So Hallmark has done the sort of Christmas Carol thing a number of times. And in the last two years, so last year they had a a Christmas Carol uh, type story come out um, uh, about uh, Nashville um, Mm -hmm. Christmas. Interestingly, it had um, Winona Judd in it. uh, Mm -hmm. So and it's just a callback to earlier because Naomi Judd was one of the people we lost this year, and Mm -hmm. that she was also a hallmark actress. So I I noted that. But so (laughs) that one came last year, and then they did another one this year called The Ghosts of Christmas Always. And there seems to be this thing where the ghosts like the the ghosts of Christmas yet to come, you know, Mm -hmm. the future ghost, never really I mean in the first in the Nashville one didn't even exist period there was christmas past christmas present that's it that's the end of the movie and mm-hmm. ghost of christmas always there was a ghost of of the future um but he never really did anything because everything was given to the present and so i was watching this going okay so we've got the ghost from the past who bails pretty quickly so the present takes over and i'm like oh my god are we actually going to do this are we also still going to like not have a future yeah. <laughs> what is happening and we kind of didn't really there wasn't mm. a lot for the for the ghost of the future to do um also if you do want to watch i mean you can watch scrooge but if you do actually want to watch a good story a uh, a new sort of christmas carol i will actually strongly recommend ghost of christmas always from mm. Hallmark this year which was actually very good and is probably my my top or or second film of the year from them
2: Mm -hmm. uh
1: so if you are do have a hankering for a good christmas carol story stick with hallmark don't don't do spirited there's 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 nothing here for you
0: um i was gonna say uh you want uh you want a good christmas movie uh or a good christmas carol uh it begins and ends with two words alistair sim um i'm just looking up the uh fair fair (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm just looking up the Christ- coast of Christmas always. Uh, which stars uh, titans of of the screen Kim Matula, Ian Harding and Beth LaVille. Um so yeah, uh, sounds great.
1: Uh... <laughs> Be- believe me, it is it is very good. It is surprisingly surprisingly mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Um and I will say uh the future uh, ghost is actually um uh reginald vel johnson
0: so oh, oh okay yeah. now
1: he, now, now he, he I'm was interested. cast and he was in it and he was pretty great okay even though he kind of didn't necessarily do a lot but is that,
0: is that one of those things where like they hire like a big name to do a day of shooting and then put him on the poster
1: uh no, he was there for more than a day of shooting, and he okay. like he definitely he just didn't he just <laughs> didn't provide any future because the ghost of Christmas Present has the whole week of Christmas, so was able mm. to show some some future.
0: Interesting. <laughs> it was
1: it was a little confusing.
0: Interesting. Yeah. yeah, I think this is we're getting way off topic, but yeah, um, I think there, well, there's...
1: that's what's going to happen <laughs> when you watch a movie that was not really very good. I do think. I wonder
0: if if Reginald Bill Johnson's um, agent has like tried to to work him into this, like this could be his like thing. Like, you know how like an actor, like we were talking about David Warner earlier. If you have a, a fancy sci-fi project, you get David Warner. Like maybe that should be a like Reginald Bill Johnson's thing. It's like, he's in three different Hallmark movies in like maybe uh small, but uh, significant roles. Um, all. That, that may perhaps uh, pay homage in some way to um, one of the greatest Christmas movies of all time, which is of course Die Hard.
1: Die Hard, yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah.
0: but b- back to Spirited though. Um, I have nothing to say about Spirit. No, I, I, I there, there are lacks of of things here that are interesting, like the, the production design. I, I thought was really good. The idea of the twist that they have with will ferrell as the ghost of christmas present Mm -hmm. and this whole like i'm fascinated with this idea that the afterlife is just another huge bureaucracy um (laughs) i mean there's some interesting (laughs) things to do there this whole thing about like is ryan reynolds like he he's they choose him to basically the plot is they choose someone every christmas to like give give the scrooge treatment to and um the Ghost of Christmas Present. Will Ferrell chooses Ryan Reynolds because he's irredeemable. Because he's trying to go for like a big win, like if he can turn an irredeemable and then see the waves of, I guess, positive influence that come out of that. That that's that's a huge deal as opposed to just um, Rose Byrne at the beginning, who's just like kind of like a a bad neighbor i guess kind of she's literally a karen almost actually yes, she, yeah her, her name was karen she is credited in the credits as karen <laughs> um which i did not know about to write this minute. as what was her character yeah name?
1: i noticed karen? it when they, when they were talking to her and they were calling her karen i was like oh that's hilarious that they named her karen but yeah she's just like a terrible neighbor <laughs>
0: yeah yeah which is funny it's uh you know so th- there is there's a sprinkling... I can't believe they spent all this money on this. It's like $75 million is the budget. And apparently most of that is Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds' salaries. But... Um, I mean,
1: well-deserved. Like, they are stars. And they are the reason people are watching this. Like, yeah, that's the beginning and end of the story. Why are you watching it? Because of Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds. Well, I also think it's why a lot of
0: people are giving it a pass. It's because, like, they're, they're both immensely likable. And there are bits in it that i i I did laugh at like the whole good afternoon song which i don't even like the sequence of like the the conceit is that you know
2: good afternoon
0: was um and you know uh, basically a a swear was like f off in in victorian times which um it's it's you know explaining the song makes it sound stupid but it it, at the same time it it, it's a scene Mm -hmm. where everybody seems to be having a lot of fun and i again Farrell and reynolds are not great singers but they're bringing a lot of energy and they're bringing a lot of that great comic timing um having said that the song itself is completely um it's completely unmemorable um
1: yeah yeah (laughs)
0: like a lot of the songs in this are
1: yeah absolutely like i couldn't i couldn't hum a single one of the tunes yeah um and i mean i'll agree yeah i think the two of them were were quite fun during that song but i i I just personally hated the the story bit that was happening at that point because Mm -hmm. despite like i you know i'm saying things about not liking the films you're right about about will ferrell and ryan reynolds because i was invested in each of their own stories Mm -hmm. to see how they turned out and at this point i was just like are we gonna go down this road where clint Just turns the ghost of christmas present into a jerk because i don't (laughs) want to see that yeah that's one of the
0: things to say like um when they get to the i won't spoil the end if Mm -hmm. anyone wants to watch this but when they get to the end i was like now you're showing me something movie
1: yeah yeah (laughs) i i i did like i liked their relationship i liked the outcome yeah i just like i said i wish this wasn't a musical
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Check. Which would have
1: taken a huge amount of the just, like, cringe factor out of it. Yep. And I wish that they had just decided a little bit more what lane they were trying to be in. And I know that you can be heartfelt and comedic at the same time. I mean, I have watched Anchorman. Believe me, that's hilarious, but also is a little bit sweet. Yeah. So you can do that, but they just didn't they it was just like this mass pendulum swing and i was like oh my god i just i don't i can't do this
0: (laughs) yeah yeah and it's it's also guilty of sort of wasting octavia spencer who is really trying hard Mm -hmm. um but i feel like she gets lost in the shuffle in this um yeah it's uh, you know you can be acidic I mean this is where the scrooged of it comes into it's like scrooged is like acidic like for 98% of the movie and then you kind of get like a, a nice kind of sweet ending but um yeah it it just this this needed this needed a little more time in the shop as it were um mm-hmm. and it just it just uh I mean putting Ryan Reynolds and well I mean it, again great talents who have never done anything together before but this really does seem like a case of of apple writing a check and not getting the return on investment which you know maybe maybe the 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 peeps at apple tv who uh you know won the oscar last year or purchased the oscar winning movie and put it on their platform last year (laughs) um maybe they don't care but um yeah it's 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 too bad because i mean there are the flashing lights that something could be happening here and, uh, we could always use a new Christmas classic. I just, this isn't it. And I think if anything, it's a sign that I think we've said all we need to say about a Christmas Carol and, uh, you know, what, what Dickens, there were other Dickens stories. So
1: let her, yeah. let's
0: move move on yeah
1: and i am sorry that uh i knew that there was no way i was going to be able to make it to the theater this weekend (laughs) otherwise we could have watched the rehashing of a diehard uh christmas story by going to see violent night but there was just there was just no way i could make it to the theater so sadly apology accepted
0: all right (laughs) <laughs> Let's wrap it up for this week's show. We hope you liked it. If you want to listen to it again, you can find it on our website at endcreditsradioshow.com. You can download it from the Guelph Politicast channel every Friday on Podbean or through your favorite podcast app at, at-, at Apple, Speak of the Devil, Stitcher, Google, P- Tuned In, and Spotify. And speaking of Spotify, you can find the playlist for much of the music that you hear in End Credits. Just open up Spotify and search for End Credits on CFRU. You can find us on social media. We're on Facebook at End Credits Radio Show and on Twitter at End Credits Radio. And Candice, where can people talk to you about Christmas movies that matter <laughs> on the internet?
1: Uh, Christmas movies that matter. That sounds like you're just automatically discounting. A bunch of Christmas movies. Uh, you can find me everywhere on the internet at Sin 48 cinn 48 including Letterboxd, where I am uh, watching all of the Hallmark Christmas movies and, uh, uh, you know, rating them as I go. Um, and uh, I will continue doing that because, you know, they started on October 21st and I was still <laughs> watching horror movies. So I am um, quite a few behind. There's lots, lots to come. And uh, yeah, I will also have a... There should be a new episode of the Village Podcast from the Bookshelf out this week as well, if you care what I have to say about books, which I occasionally get to read.
0: Sure. Uh, I'm sure there'll be some more Hallmark movie stuff on that one too, but I don't want to jinx it. Anyway.
1: I don't read Hallmark books. It's okay. All
0: right. <laughs> I will be back here on CFRU Thursday at 5pm for News and Politics on Open Sources. as for with Scotty Hertz in the meantime... I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Adam A. Donaldson, and you can check out my news and politics site at guelphpolitico.ca, and you can stay tuned for more great programming here on CFRU 93.3 FM, CFRU.ca, Guelph Campus and Community Radio, and we shall return next Wednesday at 3 p.m. for another end credits, and we will see you then.